Hey guys, welcome to the Gay Ass Gathering, otherwise known as the Gag. I'm Joey. I'm Ali. I'm Zia. And this is our second show of 2021. I believe this is our first time recording, though, in 2021. So once again, Happy New Year, everybody. It's been, you know, maybe like a week and a half since you've last heard from us. And in that week and a half, we've had a lot of things happen already in the eventful 2020 part two year that is 2021. We've had just subtle things like the U.S. Capitol being attacked, which is only like, what, like half hour away from me? Just subtle things, you know? How's everyone? Um, Good. Uh, the time we've been away, I beat the Rona. So that's yes. fun. She did a number on me. She robbed my sense of smell and my taste buds, uh, gave me a headache and like body aches for a few days. But you know what? She's gone. Uh, she moved on to the next stop on her tour. Uh, so yeah. Yes, you could get tickets now in Ticketmaster. She's coming to a city near you. She's probably in all of them at this point because she's really taking over these days. Um, corona in your area. Um, it's funny that you say that because after you told me or after you're giving me your Rona daily updates, the day after you told me about it, I woke up one morning and I swear I had no sense of taste for like the first five minutes of being awake. I was so scared. Like I tasted my toothpaste and everything. And I ate my food and I was like, why didn't I taste the first bite of it? Or no, it was like my iced coffee. And then I realized I just made the iced coffee really shitty that morning. <laughs> so that was a very gay <laughs> moment of thinking I had Rona. And then I had like a sip of orange juice after like what you said. And I was like, okay, wait, I have my taste. I'm okay. So mm. thank God it's only one of us that had the Rona. But nonetheless, we're glad you've made it through. And you know, you've made it through the rain. You've made it through the Rona. Mm-hmm. Zia? Uh, let's see what's new. It's a little bit colder down here. I guess that's it. <laughs> Whenever it hits like 65 degrees, no one knows how to act. Uh, but it was lovely. It's lovely weather. Everyone down there wearing Uggs and shit. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, like scarves and gloves. Like no one knows how to act. 65? It got a little bit colder at night, to be fair. Okay. It's but... been like in the 50s here 40s sometimes 30s Fuck y'all that is so nice we're literally just sitting in the 30s like sitting in the 30s oh my god no i mean we're practically in south america so <laughs> like we don't know winter at all down here well from freezing cold to scalding hot tea it seems that the New York Times will be releasing a new documentary. This is my topic I wanted to bring to y'all. They're going to be releasing a new documentary on February 5th called Framing Britney Spears, where people close to her and lawyers tied to her conservatorship will reassess her career as she battles her father in court over who should control her life. So this is going to be a documentary coming to FX, I believe, literally in a few weeks from now. It was surfacing on Twitter and especially in the free Britney movement that's been going on for a few years now in longer years, especially, but it's, you know, very known in these past few years and it's been gaining a lot of traction. I wanted to know what y'all thought about that. Ali. Um, I find it very interesting. It is something I will watch, but like the like Rona projects that we have spoken about that are being released, I feel like this is something that would be like best like after the fact. We're like she's still in it. Like this is still going on. So it's kind of like maybe now is not the best time to be releasing something like this. When we get like the culmination of it, maybe that would be better. Not maybe that would definitely be better, but like, I mean, it is interesting and you know, like it, I will be streaming. I will be watching, but yeah. It's kind of sad that it's been going on for so long. You know, the struggle that Brittany has been going through and I totally get Ali's point. It's almost like they're releasing a story without the final chapter. So it's like, why? Like, how is this basically going to end? But hopefully they're doing it to gain more support for Brittany right. and for the fact that like, like, I just like give her her life back, you guys. Like, free Brittany. Poor girl. I thought the same thing when I first saw it too. I was just like, so we're just going to kind of do this when this hasn't even been settled yet. But 
I think this whole free Britney movement in the past like three years has gained so much traction on Twitter where now our next step is to bring it to like the general public, general public, like on a huge channel like FX. And so if people could see it during like primetime TV, thinking about all the awareness that could raise for situations like this, because conservatorship and fucking with conservatorship isn't even just like Britney's case or celebrities cases ever since like diving into Britney's whole conservatorship struggle i've like looked into a bunch of other cases where this has been like abused and stuff like that and it's used very very commonly just to wring money out of like old people that may not be 100 percent present and aware and it's just completely sad and it's like if we could bring awareness to britney's case it could hopefully help her and her still developing case as well as other people's mm-hmm. Uh, the info and like explanation of it uh, does say people close to Britney and lawyers tied to her conservatorship reassess her career. She battles this, so I'm hoping that it will be more like in a positive light than a um, like exploitative one. Uh, but at the same time, it still feels a little like oh, now's not the time. But I do hope the goal is to just shed more light on it. To just like I don't know. Not exactly, like, make it more mainstream. Just, like, make it more of, like, make it a bigger conversation. Uh Yeah. Britney Spears is, like, the whole... I don't... They said her downfall. I don't want to call it her downfall. I don't know what I want to call it. But that, like, era, that 2006 or, like, 2007, um, that was, like... That whole, like, Britney moment was, like, the first thing I could remember in pop culture as a kid after, like, the death of Aaliyah. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, like, in my mind as a kid, pop culture was, like, Aaliyah dying and then Britney Spears, that whole situation. All right. So, yeah. Providing a comprehensive view of kind of the timeline of everything that's happened with Britney, and then if people get to the end of the documentary realizing that it hasn't come to an end, will probably just be more effective in saying, wait, this isn't over yet? Like, she's still going through this? When it basically feels like a part of pop culture history at this point. That's a very good point because I feel like what people don't realize is that this hasn't just been going on for the past three years or whatever since the Free Britney movement has been like very popular at its peak. It's been going on since she was placed on conservatorship in 2008. So what is it, 2021? Now that's over 10 years of not having the right to drive, not see your kids as often as you can, not even be able to use your phone as much, like basic human rights and hopefully people understand that like what you said like people kind of need like a background look and a perspective of how long and drawn out this case has been and there's a movie actually on netflix also coming out that's similar to this i think i sent it to ali before this week it's called i care a lot yeah it has um rosamund pike peter dinklage i don't know those people but um it's like about like the similar what I'm sorry, you said, you named them, and you're like, I don't know those people. Rosamund Pike was in Gone Girl. She was that, like, evil bad bitch in Gone Girl. And she's kind of, like, reprising that role again. So, like, she has a Uh, line, and she's following it. She's good at it. Peter Dinklage, excuse you? He was Tyrion Lannister on Game of Thrones. Girl, I did not watch that. Well, you know what? He's been in a bunch of other shit. If you Google him and you look him up, you'll see him be like, oh, I know him. You might not know him. I know they're known people. They're just not known to me Mm -hmm. in my world. Honestly, I've lost all like white celebrities over 30. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, I don't know who these people are. I know who Meryl Streep is. (laughs) I know who Army Hammer is, who we're going to talk about later. Like, I I just, you know, I'm still getting Millie Bobby Brown and um, Ansel Elgort confused. Those. People like I don't know which one is in Stranger Things or which um, one is in Riverdale or that's which valid, one. Though. It's that's like because they all peaked at the same time, and like I'm just like, which one are you? All y'all have these bowl cuts, and it's really confusing. <laughs> I think Timothy Chalamet in the mix. I'm just as lost about him. Yes, him too. Him too. It's dumb three. I think they're the same person. Honestly, they could they could honestly like play each other's roles, like Mary Kane Ashley. Um, they were all a 13-year-old girl and a guy who played some gay dude on, like, a summer in Italy. Like, they're all just the same person. That's what I'm saying. Thank you. Thank you. See, so back to those, you know, very notable uh, professionals in that I Care A Lot movie that I probably do know in another universe, but just don't know right now. 
Um, that movie's pretty much, a lot of people were talking about on Twitter this week as well with the framing Britney Spears documentary because they were like, um, this is literally Britney's case. The movie is about a conservator that's placed on this old woman and she has no idea that it's been placed on her. And it shows the journey of the woman trying to get out her conservatorship that she didn't even know she was placed upon. And it shows how a lot of them are just like really abusive and just kind of are there for your money because they have access to it. So thus forth, they're getting a huge percentage of your money by just not letting you do anything. So it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, free Britney. <laughs> free Britney. Free Britney. Always and forever. That day though will be once that day comes, because we're gonna hold on to hope, once the day comes where she is free, that will be a national holiday in queer history. It was fighting for gay rights. Listen, the white gays on Twitter are gonna go the fuck up that day, just like black Twitter did the day the whole capital was attacked. I will lose my shit the day that happens, and I'm not a white gay necessarily, but I stand the fuck out of Miss Brittany. She is my mother. She's my mother. And nonetheless, we hope for her freedom. But yes, on to other holidays. Uh, Today, we are celebrating a very special holiday. It is the 75th birthday of Miss Dolly motherfucking Parton, who we all love so much in this podcast. So, yeah, happy birthday to Miss Dolly. Happy birthday, Dolly. Love her. So, uh, recently on Twitter, a few days ago, uh, this video of uh, Dolly Parton and Patti LaBelle came out where they both just had big-ass hair and, like, faces beat. Uh, acrylics long and they're just like you know what Uh, they were just like making some like sounds and beats with their acrylics and like singing over it and singing to it I was like these women are everything they were harmonizing while playing the acrylic nails (laughs) I love that they make me feel proud of being a woman like I see Mm -hmm. them and I'm like god damn like talent still exists in this world and good people still exist in this world like i love them both of them so much shakespeare could really never honestly with such musical perfection that that requires i don't know if y'all seen it but a few weeks ago i was watching the hey queen episode that jack a harry was on it was like a throwback episode mm-hmm. from a while ago i don't know if y'all saw it. it's the best episode of hey queen and uh jack a harry was apparently like really good friends with dolly parton and she was telling this story about how like back when like the bodyguard was coming out and Whitney covered I will always love you was coming out Jack a her and someone else I can't remember who it was they said they were talking backstage at something they were working together at and they were just like are you cut do you feel like some type of way about you know Whitney having your song and it grew to become this huge hit and Dolly took them to their dressing room and pulls out I think it was something that was like it was like a $10 million check or something from the production company. And she just looks at them and she's like, now why would I be mad at such a thing? Like, I love that. (laughs) Hold on. Uh, Jack A. Harry and Dolly Parton being friends. That's like, that's iconic, but like, that's weird. You know, this other weird friendship I just found out about Hmm. Uh, Dion Warwick and Jennifer Garner. Apparently yes. that's the thing. Yes. Right? I saw it. Right? Yes. There was some, I think Harper's Bazaar posted some shit mm-hmm. about uh, Jennifer Gardner and uh, Dionne Warwick, you know, Twitter star, Dionne Warwick. Uh, she quoted it and was like, my best friend. And I'm like, hold on. They're legit friends? Like, what? How did that happen? I want to know the story. How the hell did that happen? Well, because sometimes we almost think that like celebrities... Or at least when I was younger, I was like, oh my gosh, all celebrities know each other. Like, if you're famous, you're all friends with each other. But obviously, that's not true. So it's so funny to see, like, as we get older, that it's like, yeah, some celebrities who are just in vastly different industries just kind of, like, vibe. Like, it's just kind of funny. I was about to say, like, Hollywood almost feels like high school. And it feels like the people who you're forced to be around are the people you end up hating the most. And you end up being drawn to the people who you're never around. Like for me in high school, I never had class with my friends. Yeah, I always had class with the people that I hated. Like Sex in the City, fucking Kim Cattrall and Sarah Jessica Parker hate each other. And I've spent over a decade together, but hate each other. But fuck it, you know what I mean? It's like, 
but say they're friends with anyone else that's not in their workplace or their class per se mm -hmm. relating to the metaphor or yeah i don't really get that shocked over celebrity friendships unless it's like people in like different realms i'm just like how did that happen but like these days since i'm like so deep in the k-pop hole every time i find out what that like different idols and like different groups are friends i'm just like now how did that happen like what's the connection like what sense yeah. does that make because that always gags me yeah I feel like that's more like ship worthy than like a celebrity couple. It's like a good celebrity friendship. Like fuck them being in a relationship, but if they have like a duo or someone they really get along with, I feel like that's so fun to just like stand and gag over. Mm -hmm. All right, so some we're gonna be gagging over tomorrow is Biden's inauguration. Um, Cause that's happening. Uh, thank God Trump's gonna be out of office. Oh, quick. He got impeached again. I was at work when that shit was like voted on. And I was like, hold up, like again. Oh my God. All the shit that has happened in these fucking All two the weeks. <laughs> All the shit. It just but, yeah. goes to show more and more that this really just is 2020 part two. I see mm -hmm. no difference with last year's energy and this year's energy is just as chaotic. Like I said on like what I, the last episode last year, I said the only thing that's about to change is some numbers, some dates. That's it. Nothing changed. Same energy, same bullshit. It really feels like when you're watching like a really long like TV series and this first season ends or whatever, and you feel like the main character is gonna get their shit together, and you're like, season two is gonna be a breeze, everything's gonna be fine, and season two starts off and they're on the same fucking shit again. You're like, God damn it, bitch! Like, <laughs> why are we still in this hole? Like, fucking Euphoria, My Mad Fat Diary all of it i was about to say my mad fat diary i know Girl, that's why you put that shit up i lost so much weight watching that show because it's put me through so Dude, much emotional did energy. you finish it yes okay we'll Change talk about that my life we'll discuss later yeah uh, -huh. uh but yeah uh some that's about to change uh, many people's lives is the inauguration uh biden and kamala are being <laughs> uh, sworn in tomorrow i know trump's not gonna be there <laughs> Of course not. But uh, with like conversation of him not being there, uh, people were talking about, um, um, they brought up the Michelle Obama pictures at Trump's inauguration. And like, I forgot how funny that shit was. All the like pictures of her looking shady at the camera every time. She was just yeah. like, shady, shady. She's like, what the fuck is going on here? She just, she knew the bullshit that was about to ensue. And she was like, y'all are fucked. I'm out. I'm going on vacation. Y'all could deal with this. And four years later, uh yes trump is being kicked out and i really hope he really does get like well impeached and like charged and shit so like he does not have a chance to run again because that would be great yeah i really hope not i i wonder how the inauguration's gonna be because at least this time with this inauguration no one is there by health precautions whereas at the last inauguration literally no one was fucking there because <laughs> you know Mm -hmm. The candidate is not the most favorable. I just thought of something. They're going to have to get a whole hell of a lot of security. That's what I was thinking. If this was like any other year, like any other inauguration, barring Rona and everything, even if I were invited, I don't know if I'd go just out of like, like, I'm fucking scared for these people. Like, shit is tense right now. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I, I really hope that they have some good ass security because shit. After the Capitol shit that happened on January 6th, I like started seeing a bunch of stuff about how like there's more to come like in like many different states. And I'm just like, Ugh. my mom texted me. She's like, when you go out there, be careful. And I'm just like, don't tell me that. That's like so like oh. daunting. Yeah. Like, oh, exactly. You're putting that energy out there. But yeah. Mm -mm. Well. It's unfortunate they couldn't have had all that security and protection the day of the incident. Mm -hmm. it's like, I mean, like just because you put a condom on after you have sex doesn't mean that's stopping any pregnancy, but hey, go off, I guess. It's not like, you know, we need to defund or anything, but go off, mm -hmm. we go off. So yeah, uh, the era of Trump is dead, but let's just move on to something else that might be dead. And that is WhatsApp. Or did I say that right? WhatsApp, yeah. WhatsApp, whatever. Ignore my weird accent. So basically, uh, what's, WhatsApp uh, released a new terms and conditions, which y'all know, like, none of us really read that shit. But some people did. 
And in the terms and conditions, it basically mentioned that like the metadata, which is, uh, you know, different things associating to us, like things that we send each other, like a photo, a link, whatever, not necessarily the content of our messages, that metadata now is going to be taken and passed on to like other Facebook partners, aka like businesses, so that they can better essentially like communicate and sell to WhatsApp users. So long story short, what all this means is that like, if you guys don't know, WhatsApp and Instagram are both owned by Facebook. And WhatsApp's like been collecting a shit ton of information on us. But now if you basically don't delete the app by February 7th, that means that you're okay. Yeah, so y'all gotta delete this shit. That means that you're okay with them collecting this data and now passing it all on to businesses who will take that information and be like, oh, okay, great. So like you sent a link to Brittany and now we can like find a way to like market more shit to you around Brittany or around pop or whatever. It's just fucked up. They've been doing it, but now it's even worse because all the data they're collecting, they're now selling to better make you a freaking mark for businesses and shit. Like it's just the lack of privacy is embarrassing. It's just rude. So the new thing now is Signal. I know there's another messaging app called Telegram, which is supposedly private. It's not encrypted. Stick with Signal. I have yet to download it, though, but Ali, I know, has downloaded it. So I'm curious to see what you think about Signal, Ali. Okay, so I didn't use it much. I only used it because a friend needed to, like, call me about something serious. And, you know, uh, they didn't want the, you know, FBI agents in our phones listening in. Um, and because like signal is also like encrypted, was it not encrypted or encrypted? It's private. Um, so, you know, they wouldn't be able to hear us. So yeah, that's what it was for. So I didn't really like go through the app and see everything it's about. I don't know how to like the interface. They were just like, Hey, um, we're going to have this conversation. So download it and let me know when you do. And I was like, okay. So that was my uh, introduction to signal. So it kind of scares me a bit. Um, but we will see. WhatsApp has been like, you know, a constant for me. Like WhatsApp is like what I usually use to communicate with like friends, especially family. Cause you know, like mm-hmm. listen, families be on that shit when it comes to WhatsApp. Um, I mean, throughout the pandemic, uh, all the info I've been getting about Corona has been from like my aunts and uncles and my moms and they're like, you know, WhatsApp PhDs cause they graduated from WhatsApp university. <laughs> um, I don't think they're making the transition to signal. So we will see. Something interesting, though, is that a lot of people have been switching to Signal or Telegram. And so much so that if you go into the App Store right now, which I just checked yesterday out of curiosity, uh, Signal and Telegram are like right there with WhatsApp in terms of communication. Really? In terms of downloads. Yeah. So a lot of people are switching over. And yeah, in case you guys do want to, which I strongly suggest you do before that deadline, it's not enough to just delete the app and then you're done with it. You have to actually like go through all your conversations and delete all your convos, then shut down your account and delete the app. Because if not, all your convos and all the links and all the stuff you sent is still going to be there. So WhatsApp is still going to be able to access all of that and use it to like keep doing their shady shit. See, my thing is, is like, there's nothing interesting in my group chat or in my WhatsApp chats besides like, text with y'all and like pictures of my bussy like there's literally nothing interesting than them and i'm already making money off of those pictures so if they want to send me a cut of that whatever they're se- selling shit let me know and i can work percentages out but like what like what was the reason and what is the reason you know mm-hmm. like we get to this point in like the information age if we're still in it technically i feel like we're in a whole nother age of the information age if that makes sense And it's just like, what is this? Like, what is the purpose? The shift is that like, it's just a lack of consent on our end. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care if you want to take my links and like, again, let's say we're talking about Britney and then you want to market me like a Britney t-shirt. I get that. I get that that's how people do business. But what's uncomfortable is that they're doing all of this like without telling us. So all of a sudden- Let's say we're talking about Britney and WhatsApp, and then I start getting a bunch of ads. That's probably happened to like you guys that you talk yeah. about something before, and then all of a sudden you're getting ads for it. It's because all that information is basically being tracked without your consent. Like, I'm not saying, 
like fuck like all kinds of tracking advertising i get that that has to happen but the degree that whatsapp does it and the fact that they think they're like gonna get away with it is what's annoying it's like i'll tell you what i like don't fucking follow me everywhere you simp like no (laughs) yeah fuck i forgot i was gonna say yeah that's the thing another app that i noticed is like really spooky with that type of stuff even my friends and i were talking about it is tiktok like my friend was talking about like we were texting and he was texting about like I I was at a Persian restaurant. I was picking up Persian food and we were talking about Persian people. And I was like, they're really fine or whatever. There's a lot of people there. I open up TikTok and he does too. He was telling me the same shit. The first thing we see is like suddenly on our timeline, we're on like Persian TikTok. And I see like all these like Persian memes and I'm like, wait, what? It's just, it's so invasive. I don't know about y'all. That makes me uncomfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. See, as far as TikTok, I wouldn't know that shit because you're the only person who sends me shit from TikTok. Because the only TikTok uh, content I see is either like sent from you or I just like see a clip of it on Twitter that was like screen recorded or some shit. But yeah, I don't think I'll be getting rid of WhatsApp, to be quite honest. Like they will be exploding the fuck out of me because I have way too many people I communicate with on it. And I have a lot of family that also like does not live in the States. And like WhatsApp is how we keep in touch. Like I have this aunt in France and like we talk all the time and like we communicate like literally only through WhatsApp. So yeah. That's a good question. Is Signal, I'm guessing or I'm assuming it's offered globally, right? It is. Yeah. So when it first started, I know that it was like, it was definitely shadier. Like what Ali said that it was like, you don't want for the FBI to find you. Like definitely it was for shadier people because it was so (laughs) private, but uh, apparently, yeah, they've upgraded a lot of features so that it is very similar to WhatsApp, except it just doesn't track every single thing you do, every single place you go. Like it's not that girl. Uh, The things that like white Americans don't have to deal with, because they probably don't know what the fuck a WhatsApp is. Right, exactly. It's really like an international girl. Like, if you're first generation, like, you got your whole family on WhatsApp, you know? So, like, yeah, it's going to be tough to transition. I don't I don't give a shit, honestly. I love my family. They're lovely. But, like, if they want to talk to me, find me on Signal. I'm find out. Find me on Signal, like, ladies. <laughs> yeah, for real. Find me on Signal. Sponsor a Signal. That would be lovely. But... Um, we're going to go to a break real quick. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about our trade of the week that also has had, um, interesting messages and something that I don't think is neither a signal or WhatsApp, but definitely something, um, rather tasty, I guess. So (laughs) I don't fucking know. Okay. So we'll be right back with trade of the week. Welcome back to The Gag. You're listening to Gag Reflex. And this one is going to be an interesting tale with involving Army Hammer and some kind of communications. I'm not really sure. But uh, I know Ali has the entirety of all of this. So I'm very curious to see just what the fuck is going on here. So Ali, take it away. So uh, Army the Hammer, also known as Army the Cannibal. Um, so I know last year he went through a bit of a divorce, not a bit, through a divorce, but after that divorce, he clearly got like something instilled him to pop off in a bunch of women's DMs and a bunch of women came forward with like, you know, screenshots of those DMs. And in one of them, uh, he professes his desire to buy pieces off of this girl and eat her heart. And then he says that he's 100% a cannibal and he wants to eat her. That's scary to admit. He's never admitted that before and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, he's just real wild in some girls' DMs. That was like the main thing that like sparked. Oh, something about like drinking blood too. He's nuts. (laughs) So I think this was just like a white dude on drugs who was like who's found himself single again and just decided to hop in all these girls dms for no damn reason but there are a lot of tweets that like that were like creepy not just that but um his ex-wife his ex did say um she came out and said that uh he wanted to barbecue and eat her and when i saw that headline i was like this is a joke like this has got to be a joke (laughs) like what the fuck is going on but yeah, apparently that's a thing. 
Mm-hmm. And the fact that he didn't even mention seasoning just shows the caucasity mm-hmm. <laughs> in the human rotisserie process. But anyways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, most of these tweets, are, or not tweets, well, the tweets that came out of the screenshots of the DMs, most of the DMs were like describing like his rape fantasies and cannibalism, which is real creepy. And after this like went viral and all that, he pulled out of a movie, which is just like, ooh, sir. So clearly these aren't fake. Wow. See, every, it's every time we want to give white men a chance, <laughs> they find a way to fuck it up or chop it up in this case. For a second, I was wondering if it was like that clownery that straight guides do in the DMs that's like talking about eating or, or kind of talking about body parts in like a, like a, I don't want to say a food-like way, but sometimes they really do do that shit. I was wondering if it was that. But the way you describe these DMs, it just looks like your man's a straight up hungry. Like he just, he really, he wants like a proper serrated knife involved. Like, what the fuck? Uh, I need to send you the uh, screenshots of these DMs because like, I just, I want to see your face as you read them because they are wild. (laughs) They're fucking wild. But um, yeah, Army Hammer is someone like I had always seen him in like movies or shows and whatever and been like, you know what? The spirit of Tamira is calling and this man is fine. But then like after Call Me By Your Name, he got like even more famous. And then after that, just like, I don't know, uh, I got a feel for his personality more because like he did more interviews and stuff around that time. And he just... He just became creepier oh, no. and more annoying. And then like all this, I'm just like, this man is just like, his acting has never backed up his like fame. So I just know. So yeah, I don't know. It's done with him. How unfortunate. He has a very nice face. But like, girl, uh-uh. It's, it's really unfortunate that we once thought he was hot and now he just seems like medium rare. To us. <laughs> like I, I I just like out of everything to expect in like the first few weeks of 2020 it's like we've had like a US you know monument being broken into and now we have a celebrity coming out as cannibal and then a few weeks ago we had fucking Kourtney Kardashian coming out as autosexual I'd rather have some white bitch claiming she's autosexual than somebody coming out as cannibal but hey at least the word is out there and the dolls are now aware uh he didn't come out as a cannibal he was outed (laughs) i'm so sorry for him and his privacy (laughs) oh god what a damn mess he sent these messages the the tweets or the dms that he would send the girls um child what the fuck? <laughs> Literally saying he's talking like some Christian Grey head ass bullshit. I want to mark you. I want to bite you. Like what? Oh my god! And then so he says something quite explicit to a girl involving uh, wanting to have a belt around her neck, and she says, "No, that's too much." And he replies, "Yes." <laughs> what the hell? Oh my I god. What is this? I found more creepy shit. On his Instagram, apparently, people found this shit from back in the day. Oh my god. And, like, why do this on your Instagram when you could be outed like this? Not saying, like, you know, protect the cannibal, but it's like somebody, a grown ass man with common sense, if you know you're already going to be sending some wild ass cannibalistic shit like this, wouldn't you rather use Signal or Telegram or something, girl? Girl. Listen, I'm not saying he should have used Signal, but no, you know what? He shouldn't have because this shit should be out. That's right, exactly, saying. exactly. In one of them, yeah, he literally, um, I'm looking at the, the DMs now. He says, I'm 100% a cannibal. Fuck, that's hard to admit. I've never admitted that before. And then right under he puts, I've cut the heart out of a living animal before and eaten it while still warm. Bro, Ew. what? I can't with straight men. Like, what is... yeah Uh, apparently in like 2015 he literally posted like five photos of like a pig's head 
and like i don't know some like pictures of him like cutting meat up i just it's i wow wow just wow (laughs) fuck well on the bright sides dream cannibal by kesha um (laughs) like what is this i Going on to our somewhat related topic to this, when we read this headline this week, we're thinking about like, even though this is a much more subdued type question compared to, you know, being offered to be eaten, um, we are thinking about like, what are some of the weirdest pickup lines or things the guys ever said to us? Like when flirting or in the DMs, like trying to get to know us or trying to get in us, hopefully trying not to eat us. Yeah. One example, and I don't know if you guys can relate, is that guys think it's flirty to come up to me and initiate the flirting, try to pick me up, whatever, by guessing my ethnicity. I've gotten that so many times. And it's like, do you think doing an impromptu ancestry DNA is interesting? Like what? I I can't. That happens a lot. Unfortunately, it happens all the damn time. That's really... That's just like awkward too. I'd rather you just tell me to fucking spin a cup and give you a piece of my hair and you send it to some fucking ancestry location in upstate New York rather than just sit and guess my ethnicity on the street or in public. That's really awkward and very time consuming. Surprisingly common. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ali. Um, I'd say nowadays, um, I really don't get pickup lines. I just get sent like pictures of their holes or their dicks, and then okay. they're like, "Hey, um, no, no, not okay, <laughs> not <clean>. okay." <laughs> they're not out. No, oh, <laughs> no. Send <laughs> <laughs> Ali Go ahead. I will block you. I will report you. Will oh, you? Yes, I will. Listen. Unless it's nice. Anyway. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No, come on. <laughs> That's the thing. It's always like send nudes until like they're bad. And then it's like, no, no, no. Keep them. Keep them. Please, girl. These, people be knowing if their nudes are fucking ugly. If they're ugly, don't send that shit to people. You should know. Do you, you should think they're ugly? Because I've gotten a fair share of some ugly, dusty, yes. taken ass nudes that are sent to me. And I'm like, girl, you should have known by the 240p ass quality on this picture to not even send this. How could your iPhone even process this picture in 2020? Did you have to scan this or fucking put it in a printer press, girl? Oh my God. Oh Lord. But yeah, <laughs> so pickup lines. <laughs> um, whenever like guys have sent like whatever pickup lines, it's always something about my lips or something about like chocolate or me being black, which is just so like eh, ill. And like, of course, that comes from like non-black people. But yeah, yeah, it's always a weird like when people do that. Like, I guess it's like you know, like that whole like fetishization thing like while like flirting it's like we haven't even like literally talked and we're not even in some sexual act and you're already like fetishizing like mm-hmm. girl i don't even know your middle name or your zodiac so sign, sis. i like, hate that shit so much compliment a black person without saying chocolate let's see how that goes like we all have also like we're all you know very much more like younger looking for our ages which is going to be great in 20 years from now but like have you guys ever gotten that thing too where it's like you are my baby my child and i'm just like mm. like i'm like i'm happy to be like baby like i'm baby but like not literally girl like i'm 23 see uh, i've had like guys old enough to be like or like, look old enough to be my grandpa try to like you know like pop off and be like you looking for a daddy i'm like no i am not i have a father we're not close he's probably more of a sperm donor but like i'm not looking for you either like leave me alone See, that's fine if they're willing to make donations. <laughs> Money donations. Listen, I'm fine hey, with donations. We've had this chat. <laughs> I know we've had this chat, but I need to be some, I need to find something attractive about you in order for me to play with any of your fucking genitals, right. okay? Or to let you play with mine. Like, no. See, my thing is, is that having a passion for my work is a bonus, but nonetheless, work is. <laughs> A privilege I will enjoy and take advantage of. I'll take any work if the price is right. 
So I am curious, Joey, then what are some pickup lines or DMs that would be kind of like off-putting for you? There's one and I have it here. The exact quote. This is on Hinge, aka the worst app in existence. The worst? Worse than Grindr? Worse in different ways. Like Hinge is just like the corniest ass people. No offense. Watch me meet my husband on there. But like Hinge, I thought I was going to take it seriously. And they had like, you know, well enough budget to have a commercial even aired or on TV. But shit, they clearly don't have the range. And so did this guy not have the range either. And his pickup line. So on Hinge, they have like prompts. Like you could put like a picture and it's like my typical Sundays. And mine was typical Sunday. And I said, quote, Corinne Bailey Ray on repeat plus dissociative walks to the park because that's very accurate. And I'm not using that term loosely or inappropriately. I actually have such thing. And this guy responds to that question because you could respond to the question directly. And he says, hey, cutie, have you been disassociating lately? And I'm like, this is something I struggle with. <laughs> like, why are you asking? Like, this is cute. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, hey, comma. Yeah, hey, cute. Yeah, there, the punctuation is there, the, but the brain span clearly isn't. He really thought about this before he sent it. Right, you've thought about punctuation, but not about the words you were actually saying to this person. This kid, Ben, really said, hey, cutie, comma, have you been disassociating lately? How do you even respond to that? Like, I just say blocked. Yeah, I didn't even answer. I honestly should have just been like, you know what? This question is making me disassociate into a much better reality than whatever the fuck this conversation is right now. See, that shit, like, I'd rather get, like, a ugly nude taken on a Nokia than that shit because that was just dumb (laughs) i don't know i don't know if i would rather hmm. this is why i stay the hell off of dating apps y'all will not find me anywhere there are no dms for y'all to slide into because the the clownery that straight men think they can pull off in women women's dms i mean well we saw it hello yeah guys out here (laughs) confessing his cannibalism thinking that's something people want to hear God, I I don't know what's worse, tacky lines or unsolicited dick pics. At least you can laugh at the dick pics. See, see, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say uh, the dick pics might not be worse if they're good, but like the tacky lines will always just be tacky. Exactly, like there's opportunity for a gem of a nude, but whereas tacky mm. line, it's always just going to be a really tacky line. It sucks when the tacky line comes from somebody really cute. Do you have that thing where like someone cute will DM you and you're just like, fuck yes, I'm going to get married next week. And then you get the first message and you're like, what in the fuck okay. is this so guy saying right now? If it is a little tacky, but he is cute, I might be a little responsive. I'll like see where it goes. It depends like- where it is on the tacky spectrum. Like cute, tacky, <laughs> yes, but corny, no. That's true. I'll say this. If I'm getting a text at 4 a.m. and we've never talked before and you say, hey, sweet mama with a kiss emoji, no. not saying that happened to me, not saying it didn't happen. <laughs> what do you expect for me to answer? Not at all. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Well, hey, at least, at least we don't know where that person may or may not be and it may be for the better <laughs> saying that happened or it didn't happen not, not that it happened or it didn't happen but yeah i'm i'm glad that that individual is just not but yeah so i think that's an example of like a tacky message that can immediately just immediately kill any potential mm. yeah sometimes it's better and it kind of just shows their asses like at the jump so then you don't have to deal with it later because just imagine like, you know, getting to know such tacky person and then, you know, you introduce them to your friends and your friends are like, girl, he's kind of horny. <laughs> I would hate having to be their friend to have to let their other friend know. Be like, you could do a little better. He's a nice guy. It's always when you say, like when you pull off the, like, he's a nice guy. But <laughs> that's he's so, no, listen, he's like, like, let me tell the girls, like, she's so, like, he's so sweet, totally. But girl, like, you know, yeah, I, I feel like I've had that I have said that to friends so many times. I am that friend to always be the one to say that. Uh, I'm that friend to bring around if you really want, like, 
if you really want to see if that relationship or whatever connection could last, introduce me to this person. I will put them through the ringer. I'm that guy that like my friends bring a man around me. I I will wild out. I will talk crazy shit and see if he can hack it. And if he can't, then I don't know. That lets you know a little something. See, I'll wait till he fucks up. No, I try to trip him up and make him fuck up. Same. I agree. That's me. I just find it fun. Especially if it's like a very close friend. I'm just like, girl, let me show you what your man's about. Because <laughs> that's fun. I remember once there was a situation where my best friend, um, me and like some, like we were going to hang out with some friends somewhere and um, she sent her dude to pick me up. And he and I have never spent one-on-one time before. And in the like what? The like half hour or a little more car ride, I was asking wild ass questions to see if he can hack it. And you know what? He could. Um, But like, I also asked some like proper questions like about like gender and sexuality and politics. Spectrum, smart shit, wild shit, dumb shit. And I was like, you know what? You passed. And then like when we got there and I saw her, I was like, he passed. So yeah. Mm -hmm. But there have been many guys who have not passed. That's why we're great friends to each other. Because I agree. I think that's yeah. important. Listen, if, I ever, if I'm ever going out with somebody and y'all pass that test on him and then you come and you're like, he's low-key transphobic or something, I'd be like, oh, okay, get the fuck out. Like right there on the spot. That would be <laughs> oh, such yeah. a sight to see. <laughs> Just see it get the fuck up and be like, all right, get out. Listen, play the Mariah song. <laughs> see? Fuck. Stream, get the fuck out. The only, yes, the only time I've kind of been that friend is when my best friend was dating someone and we all, the first time of me meeting this person he was dating, it was like four months into their relationship and we were all going to, yeah, I know. It was like, cause I was in college. I was in college at the time and he was in high school. So like, I wasn't literally there to be with him and like meet him. So the first time we were meeting was after my first year of college and we went to, this festival together in like Maryland. Like it was like a concert. So weird to talk about like events. Um like we went to something like a concert. Wow. But um we went to like this festival like concert thing or whatever. It was like 1975 was there. Grimes was there. It was a fucking great time. And um it was the boyfriend's first ever concert too. So like my best friend was like really like watching over and making sure he's like good or whatever. And I got, like, a pretty good first vibe of him until, like, later on in the night, there was, I think it was, like, one more act we wanted to see. I think it was, like, it was, like, Halsey or something. At the time, she was having her moment, and it was a lovely album, and me and my best friend wanted to see her. But the boyfriend was like, no, I want to go home. And so us being, like, because it was, like, she was, like, the last person. He was like, I want to, like, you know, I'm ready to go, and we're just like... Do we stay? Do we go? But we ended up listening to the boyfriend, which we should have never fucking done. So we skip Halsey. We go home. And the next morning, the boyfriend dumps my best friend. So. I would have found him and beat his ass. I, I would have beat the refund out of him. Been like, girl, I'm getting my money back. Because we missed seeing someone much more memorable than you or you to then dump my best friend. That situation, when it comes to situations like that, I'm like, nah, um, my selfishness and my best friend's needs will come first. You are the side. Honestly, you're the third wheel. Listen, if it's me, my best friend, and like their man, he he better know he's the third wheel and his opinion will come last. Yeah, have a backup ride home in case, sis, because whether it's an Uber or you get your mom to pick you up. I agree, and I think that that would be something that would be good for us to expand on in another episode is like dealing with your friends, having a relationship and like that you're like, "Mm, I don't know about that, but they're like, it's love. I promise. Like, I feel like that's something we could definitely expand on. It was definitely that relationship for my friend and I. So from one DM to another, we're going to wrap up gag reflex and open up the DM diaries of the gag. As we answer a listener's question, Dealing with beef within the family. So not us talking about beef within the family and beef after we talk about a cannibal. Anyways, um, we'll be right back. 
<laughs> I like just realized I was like, we're talking about food <laughs> and food. I'm like, Ugh. hey guys, we're back with DM Diaries and we're going to get into our question. So our listener says, so currently my family is having some beefs. Specifically, it is one of my parents having an issue with one of their siblings and it seems to be taking a toll on the family and our interactions. I want to be there for my parent as the beef seems to be affecting them negatively. But at the same time, I want to maintain my peace of mind and stay away from the situation. How can I play both roles of being unbothered while helping? <sighs> I don't know about y'all, but my family gets into like beef and shit all the fucking time. So, mm-hmm. Ali? Uh, yeah, my family gets into beef too. And because I'm cool with everybody, like when it comes to like cousins or like as far as beef, it's usually like aunts. And it's like three specific, actually two specific aunts and my mom. And like one uncle, but like, I feel like I'm in the middle of all of that because I keep in constant contact with all of them. Like even one-on-one, like I'm genuinely friends with my aunts. Um, but like when it comes to like, I don't know why they come talk shit to me about each other, but they do. But yes, so <laughs> my experience with family beef, um, I'd say like when it comes to like one of like parental stuff, um, I usually like the way I go about it is I usually let them like deal with that themselves. But like, if like, I don't know, you know, the one I'm closer to, which I'd say like, if there's a situation like this, my mom, um, I'd Mm -hmm. like one of my parents, um, I would let them know. I don't know. I just wouldn't insert myself that much, but I just like try to take care of their emotions to like make sure they're good, like right. do that without like directly inserting myself into whatever like mm-hmm. conflict they have. Just like and like indirectly make like, sure that like they're good. Just like small stuff, like hey, let's like go do this or whatever. Just to like keep them in a good mood. That's what I would do. Yeah, I think when the listener kind of phrased that like it's affecting the family and everything, um, it sounds like it may also be affecting their relationship with their direct parent Mm. in addition to with the family relative as well. So it may be helpful to give the parent that space to open up and to express what's going on. And if it's a parent to kind of give them that reassurance of like, I know I'm fully your kid, but I'm also at an age that I can listen to you as an adult. I have the space and the ability to just like, hear what's going on with you and like still at the same time knowing that like you can't solve their issues you can't mm-hmm. offer them a solution they have to navigate it through themselves essentially right. but making it clear that you are there whenever they need you to be someone to just listen to them to share with them that whatever they're saying will be listened to and valued i think would just be a really helpful position to come from to just to just say like look i'm not going to fix all your problems but i'm here to listen to you because i want to listen to you right Ali. so you guys seem like the types to really like get into like you know talks with your parents i guess i'm not that um i like to keep things like <laughs> I mean, from what you were saying, I don't know, I just assumed, I guess not. But yeah, I don't like to have like all these like feelings talks with my parents. I like keep it to like, you know, like a fun hangout type convos, like something light um, and like positive, but like deep and emotional like that. Like I couldn't, but like if there is family beef, I'd be like, hey, I'm your child. I'm clearly going to be on your side. And if you're in the wrong, I'm not going to let them know that. I will just keep I will just keep my mouth shut and I'd like tell them, hey, this is between you two. I really hope y'all can work it out. Um, that's all. But like as far as like my parent, I would be like, hey, I'm on your side. Like whatever it is, like, yeah, but like if they're in the wrong, then I just keep my mouth shut and I'd be like, you know what? Positivity. <laughs> See. My thing is, like, I agree with, like, both your points. Is like, I think the safest route and the most helpful at the same time is keeping space away from the situation and, like, the beef going on. 
But also, like, if you're going to be there for anything, just be, like, a vessel or somebody to talk to for your parents. Like, if you see it, like, really negatively affecting them and they need someone to talk to, like, you could be there. And, like, for me, and even I've said on the show, like, my family is not, like, a lovey-dovey type family. We don't say, like, we love each other. The only person we say it to is, like, our mom and that's it. So the only time I'll, like, get into, like, heart-to-heart discussions with my mom is the best way we bond, which is, like, talking shit. So... If she's like beefing with other family, that's a perfect time for us to bond while me helping her out. And we just sit and talk shit and I just listen and I'm like, yeah, fuck them. That's stupid. That's annoying. But also at the same time, like if she might be in the wrong, maybe I'll mention it, but I'll also understand her perspective as one. I'm not necessarily taking sides. That's the thing. I will never insert myself into a family abuse situation because no one has time for that. Mm-hmm. I think something to clarify on my end is that like maybe it's because I was talking too much like a dramatic bitch but like I didn't mean like that you have to have this like season finale ass <laughs> moment with your parents like super emotional like we're all human like I don't mean that like I think Ali you kind of said it like you can just very casually be like yeah. listen I guess how this is kind of a shit situation if you want to talk about it go ahead like like you said like just kind of telling them like you know I'm going to be on your side and I'm here to listen if you want to talk about it. So you can keep it really casual. It doesn't have to be a whole deep thing with them. Yeah. But like you said, Joey, if they are kind of in the wrong or maybe their point of view should maybe be a little bit adjusted right. on what's going on, gently suggesting that without inserting yourself, I think is pretty doable. Like you don't have to be like, oh, they're right, you're wrong. But it could be like, oh, well, what if maybe – Right. They're not, to- you know, I'm still on your side. Maybe they're not 100% right, but like maybe what do you think about reflecting on like what you guys were fighting about? Like, mm-hmm. I think you're, you're kind of there to listen to what's going on and maybe just reflect like, what if you gave whatever they're talking about a mm-hmm. chance? Like, maybe right. think about it, you know, but it yeah. can stay casual. You don't have to like mm-hmm. bond with your parents and all that. I'd say, like, I don't know. If you're, like, the middle person, I probably, like, kind of what Zia said. Um, but, like, changing that up a bit, I'd probably go to both and, like, be like, I think where the other person is coming from is this way. Like, I understand where you're coming from. No? No? No, no. No, that's For close. me, in my family... It would be like World War II, like fucking allies working with like the opposite party. Like it would just not, not work out right at I agree. all. Like you, you stay on the your side. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. You yeah, you stay on your side in the trenches with your head down. Like yeah, but you you can't be going to both. No, 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 no. I would don't enter like the ring. Like if we're using like analogies here, like what you're supposed to be to your like parent while beefing is like like in wrestling like the wrestler would be in the center of the ring and like the their like coach or whatever is like on the outside with like the sweat towel and the water bottle just there to like dab you up and give you a sip and push you back in <laughs> exactly <laughs> pretty much me whenever my family's beef i'm like girl you want to sit you want to talk some shit <laughs> that's a really accurate metaphor i think that's a really good way of expressing it you are the coach you don't get in the ring but yeah. listen, you're happy to dab shit and, and wipe some blood <laughs> off and whatever that's See? how it is with like friend beefs too i feel I mean, yeah, true. Yes. But like, I'm the anybody who knows me knows like I'm the person who will just like straight up tell you the truth. I will tell you what I think. So if you're coming to me with like a problem like that, then do like if I don't know if you're expecting a certain answer or like a certain thing from me and you don't get that, that's on you, not on me. But it's either that or, like, if you start shit-talking, I will give you complete silence. Like, when it comes to family. No, no, because I've had, no, trust me, I've had my mom, like, talk shit about my aunt to me, about whatever situation they're going through. And said aunt will also talk shit to me about my mom and whatever situation they're going through. And I'm just like, you know I'm her son, right? I don't tell her the shit-talking, but I'm just like... A mess. See? I will listen to it and not really respond. But then I'll just like, you know what? I think she's thinking this. Or I'll just like, I think she's thinking that. And then I just like let them deal with the rest themselves. That's how I go about it. I think to go with our boxing metaphor, Ali, I think you're the ref in the ring that's like 
pulling yes, them apart yes. at certain points. Listen, that that might work for you. I'm I'm good. I'm totally fine just watching what's going on. I I don't know. I I, I think Joey's position of just kind of like listening and being like, oh, okay, well, you know, I think I think that works a little better. Just that's what I suggest. At least the ring girl. She loves to get in the middle oh, with her sign up, be like, round two starting. I'm going to go and sit here and look real pretty until the next round. When can I clock in? See, I'm glad that due to distance complications, like I don't have, and also like homosexual complications, I'm glad like I don't have that close of a relationship to like my aunts and uncles and stuff like that because I can't imagine them freely talking shit to me about like one of my parents because I know they probably do. Because the mess that that will stir. Because if I were to be in that type of situation and I'm kind of thrown into it, maybe I would be the referee and get kind of into it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm being thrown into it, then I have to stir it if I'm being stirred. Well, yeah. You know? yeah. If, I mean, if yeah, you're being I mean, dragged in, you got to yeah. defend what's going on. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. You can't right. just take it. Yeah. Yeah. I've had situations where, like, you know, an aunt has called me and been like, Hey, your mom's this and that. That's she did so, this and like, that. And I'm just like, okay. They're like, you need to talk to her because blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I don't know why you think I could get through to her. She's her own person. I am her child. She is grown. Like, yeah, that's kind of messy. What the fuck? That's exactly. diff- like, that's the thing. I feel like maybe she thought it was one of those situations where, like, you know, like, a girlfriend will like marry into a family or whatever. And like her husband is acting up and she'll call the mother-in-law and be like, he needs to get him and blah, 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 blah. Like, I feel like that's more okay. Also, cause it's going after men, which we love, but like, that's kind of more like for, for the person's own better and to help heal and repair something and move forward. Whereas that's being messy. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. right? I mean, if the if the mother in law were to call the daughter in law then and be like, "Oh, why is my son acting up like this, lady?" That's your kid. Like, what do you want right. me to say? Like, when it's switched, that's when that's the whole like dragging someone into the ring and trying to be messy. Like, yeah, because that's just involving someone that's like, he's his own person and like you're his whole mom. Like, why are you dragging this girl in? Totally. Oh my god. Yeah. So, yeah. what do we think the listener or the person who sent in the dm should do stay out of the ring till you gotta jump in yeah that part i would just keep your hair tied in the meantime earrings off but nonetheless you could still keep the slippers on if that makes sense (laughs) you know don't don't anticipate mess but if you are thrown into mess then thus forth i guess you'll have to handle it but for the meantime yeah the coach Going back to the whole boxing match analogy, uh, the match is going on. All you need to do right now is watch. If shit really gets bad, like spills out of the ring, then maybe, maybe if like there is something you actually can do about it, then maybe, you know, like pull them apart. (laughs) But like for now, just watch. See this boxing analogy really worked for us it really did it really did i feel like we're all analogy and metaphor people that's why we get along well see i'm thankful that my family is in like four different continents i used to struggle with that growing up be like i don't have fucking family they're all separated on the earth and now i'm like you know what i could do with this like i like it less people less beef less drama less conflama we love to see and hopefully the listener will have less drama as well in their family so with that being said, we're going to wrap DM Diaries up and come back with our teachable moment. You're listening to The Gag, and we are back uh, with the final segment of the show, Teachable Moment. Uh, let's just jump right in. Um, okay. My teachable moment of the week is don't send nudes if your equipment ain't cute. And you know if it's not, okay? Um, people have, like, very vastly different looking genitals, if you know, if you've seen others, which I'm sure many people have, then you know, you know, and you know what yours looks like. Do not just be sending it around if you know people will not be responsive to it. Also, I assume if you just like send it out all willy nilly, like then you've sent it to many people. Gauge the response if you get one. Just please don't be sending that shit out if it's not pretty. That's all. Wow. Well. 
my teachable moment is kind of similar among the same lines of such thing. I mean, the people that have sent very poorly rated unsolicited nudes happened to happened to be what white men. And that's my teachable moment today, which is uh, as, as many times as the spirit of Tamara possesses us, we cannot let it possess us fully because white men cannot be trusted once again. And we've seen that with army hammer and let's hope, you know, our other white six foot and over legends like fucking Henry Cavill and such don't disappoint us in the future. Hopefully they stay on our good side because I never want to see something like this ever again from a fine male. Listen, Henry Cavill better fucking not disappoint us. I fucking swear. Yeah, he better stay Superman off the screen Mm -hmm. too and be there for us. How can he be Superman if he's eating people? So let's hope he's not. (laughs) And he better stay out of DMs that aren't ours. Well, and to that note, my teachable moment is that Army Hammer's clownery in the DMs is what's going to keep me switching to Signal and solely messaging people (laughs) on Signal. I am out. Like, no, ma'am. My DMs were never open, but now they are fully locked. (sighs) Well, with that being said, hopefully by the end of this episode, we've earned ourselves a sponsorship with Signal for all the promo we've done for (laughs) them. And hopefully there could be some actual nudes of quality coming into our signal DMs. If not, keep it out and keep it on WhatsApp, which we will be deleting on February 5th, hopefully. February 5th, right? 8th, but listen, do it on the 5th. Hi. Why not today, even? <laughs> and what we're going to do today and throw out today is this episode. It's been real. It's been absolutely lovely. I'm Joey. <laughs> I'm Ali. I'm Zia. And we'll see y'all next week for another episode of whatever craziness 2021 can bring us with the gag. So we'll see y'all next week. Bye.